0: February 16th, 2006, episode 18. The
1: Rookie Designer, with your host Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup.
0: Today we're going to be talking about how to increase your production. Now, a lot of designers like to learn the the newest, coolest tricks and special effects, but these really aren't the things that are going to get you a job. It certainly doesn't hurt. It's good to know these types of things, but a lot of employers out there are really just looking for a worker that's efficient and fast and just can get a lot done, in addition to having some some talent creatively. So today we're going to look at how to really shore up that workflow, maybe get things done a little faster than you are right now. A couple of pieces of news before we get into the major topic here. Adobe Lightroom is now in its second beta version, and if you want to go download that and start using it, I will have the link up on rookiedesigner.com. If you don't know what Adobe Lightroom is, it's basically Adobe's answer to the Apple Aperture, which is a way to catalog photos and manipulate photos, and it also has a raw image processor in it. So if you want to get in on the ground level, see what this thing is really all about, test it out, maybe even give them a few pointers as to how you think they could fix it or make it better then definitely go to rookiedesigner.com, and there'll be a link in the show notes to download that second beta version of Lightroom. Kind of to go along with this whole podcast, I've made a tutorial video, which I'm going to be putting up for download. And I'll give you the details on that a little bit later in the show. But it just kind of goes along with the the whole thing that we'll be talking about today. So the first thing we want to talk about is your process. And by that, we mean how do you get from point A to point B? How do you do things? Because there's usually a certain process everyone goes through, even if you you didn't plan it out. You probably do things in, in much the same way every time you do them. And that's actually a good thing for your workflow. It's good to have an ordered process or a certain way of doing things because you get used to doing it that way and you get quick at it. So it's good to kind of get into a habit of doing things a certain way. And with that, you want to create good habits. You definitely don't want to uh, start off on the wrong foot. So good things to do. And we've talked about a lot of these before. This might be a little review for those of you who have been listening. But you want to definitely brainstorm and plan ahead. You don't want to just try and come up with some idea while on the computer. You want to plan it out maybe draw down a couple of sketches before you actually get on the computer so you have a better idea of what you're going to what you're going to do and what you're looking for uh, a lot of time can be wasted by just sitting there at the computer thinking that you're instantly going to think of something to design uh, another thing we talked about is working logically and by this we mean make sure that you get things done in in a logical way you want to work on all your images first, maybe, or maybe jump right into the layout program and put down a bunch of text, put down the copy, and format it the way you want it. What you don't want to do is make an image about halfway and then stick it in the layout program, put some text around it, and then you decide that you need to do more in the image, so you click on that and go back into Photoshop. I mean, you're just wasting time when you do things like this. You want to do things in an orderly fashion, and you you want to really stay organized about how you do things in your processes as well as where you keep your files how you're grouping them together so that you can find them easily and you're not wasting time that way another thing we want to do is get things right the first time again we've covered this and it really deals with if you're going to design a piece and you know it's going to be a certain dimension then start out with a document in that dimension if you have to go back and change the dimensions after you've laid everything out, you're going to be wasting a lot of time because things aren't going to fit the same if you have to make the document smaller, obviously. And they're not going to fit the same way if you have to make it bigger. So try and start out with the final output. So if you're making an 85 by 11 sheet, start out 85 by 11 The thing I really wanted to harp on in this podcast and really was the inspiration for doing it in the first place was that of using key commands. I've seen lots of designers out there that think they can get by without key commands or just, you know, don't don't have the patience to learn them. And this is really a mistake. You really can't live without key commands. Key commands speed up your processes so much. It's just unbelievable. And if you're ever going on an interview and they want to give you a little skills test. Maybe they'll make you design something. Maybe you'll just do you know, skills tests in different applications so they can see how you use the applications. And by the way, when they do this, they're able to see every key command, every stroke, every menu that you select while you're using this. And this is a big part of, of what the test is about. If you're working efficiently and you you're using key commands all over the place, it's, it's going to let you get done that much quicker. And sometimes these tests are about how quickly you can get things done. But all in all, it's going to show them that you have great knowledge of the application. And obviously, this is something that's desired by employers. They not only want people that can come up with great designs, but they want people that can work efficiently, who aren't wasting time, who can get things done quickly and get more work done. So key commands really help you do those things. Now, a couple of different techniques for learning key commands that that I've used. First of which is kind of like the cold turkey version. And with this, basically just go for it. Just turn off your toolbar. And obviously, you're going to have to learn really quickly what the key commands are for your tools. Now, this might be a little daunting to some people. And, you know, you might not be able to do it. If you work every day, you're working in Photoshop every day or something like that then obviously you're going to slow yourself down if you do this and you don't know the key commands for the tools. So you definitely don't want to do that. But uh, another alternative would would be to teach yourself one per day or one per every couple of days and just try and use that one that day. Obviously trying not to forget the one you've learned the day before, but just build yourself up a little bit at a time and, and try and remember that one for that one day. So Kind of gets in your brain a little bit and it's a little easier to remember after that. Now if you're a person that uses the menus a lot, a good way to learn key commands is to actually, when you're going through the menus, usually it's going to, if there is a key command for the function that you're using, it's going to be written on the menus to the right. So just take a look at that every time you use the menu and that could also help you remember what it is, and maybe sooner or later you'll end up using the key command instead of going to the menus. Another way to cut corners is to use the presets, and this is available in, in a lot of applications now, definitely all of the Adobe Creative Suite applications, and there's a couple of different ways to use it. The first of which, and I actually use this quite a bit is when you're exporting a file. Now, when I export out of something like InDesign and I'm exporting to a PDF, there can be several different ways. There are several different options that you have when you're exporting a PDF. Sometimes I'm just exporting a flyer that I'm going to show to people or, or a proof that needs to be low resolution, something very small so that I can email it out. So I save a preset for that. Then I have other presets for like the magazines that I send ads to, and these some of these have to be PDFXs, and they obviously have to be high resolution. Some have different uh, transparency flattening in them. So basically, I just save a preset out for each magazine that has its own specifications and just name it after that magazine. That way, all I have to do is go to the Export menu, choose the magazine that I'm exporting to, and it's all done. I don't have to remember any of the settings. They're already there for me. In much the same way, you can use that for opening a new document or creating a new document. Uh, Magazines are different sizes, so you're going to need different dimensions there, different bleeds, different settings when you set up the document. And you can save presets for these as well. I do the same thing. I make one for each magazine that I have. Uh, If some are the same size, if I have two magazines that are the same size, I'll just name it with both of them and just save one preset for those. That way you just go new, you choose the preset, and you're all ready to go for whatever it is you need to make. Now going back and relating a little bit to the key commands, another great thing to use in Photoshop as well as Illustrator are actions. And actions are great because they may take things that you do daily or things that you maybe even do 100 times per day and really take all those steps and compress them into one step. And in addition to that, you can add a key command to your action so that you're pressing one key and maybe 10 different steps are being executed. Obviously, a great way to cut down on the time it takes you to do things. Now, with Photoshop Actions, you can write your own actions. And this might sound a little scary to those who haven't done it, but it's actually not really writing. It's not like you're writing a script here. Basically, all you do is you go to the actions palette, you press record, you do all the steps that you would have done normally for your process, then you press the stop button, and you have your action all written. It just basically records all the information of what you did while it was recording, and it'll do it again. Uh, another option, and I like to use this a lot, every system that I get on that I haven't worked on before and I'm going to work on, I, the first thing I do is set up an action for flattening an image. Because I find it kind of annoying to go to the little tiny menu on the, uh, on the layers palette and flatten things that way. And I do a lot of flattening because in my job I end up making a lot of uh, Photoshop files that I end up flattening into JPEGs for either Word files or PowerPoints or whatever. Just to send off to other people to use the graphics they need. Flattened small graphics that, that they can open because they don't have the kind of software that I do. So the first thing I do every time is set up an action. I give it the key command of F2, and that way I know every time I'm done, I'm ready to flatten, I just hit that one key and it does it for me. Now, that's just a very simple example of that. You can actually have tons of steps executed by one button, but that's just a good example of what I like to do. Now, if you don't want to write your own or you want to go beyond writing your own, you can always download some. If you do a quick web search, you can usually find tons of websites with people willing to give out their Photoshop actions. And basically all you gotta do is open up your application folder for Photoshop. There's a actions folder in there and you just toss them in and then they're in there. You you will have to restart or close down and restart your Photoshop for them to show up though if it's already open. But with this, uh, you can get multiple different tasks done as well as different effects that you can use actions to to get certain effects on your photos as well. The next thing is Photoshop scripts, and this is getting a little more in-depth than the actions, but uh, there are some pretty easy things that you can do here. First of all, you can write your, your own scripts, or you can use actions with the script events manager. And the way you get to here is file, scripts, Script Events Manager. Now this is pretty cool. They have a lot of stock scripts that, are, that come in the package with Photoshop and some of them are quite useful and some of them aren't. Uh, it's really up to you to decide that. Again, you can go out and you can look on the web and you'll probably find people with scripts that you can install and use. But a good thing about this Script Manager is that you can actually run actions with it as well. So basically, this thing sets up on different actions performed by the application. And those could be anything from when you open the application itself, or when you open a new document, things of that nature. So it actually can execute an action when one of these events happens. Another thing I'd like to point out that's in that same area is the image processor. For this, you go to File, Scripts, Image Processor. And this is a great way to if you have a folder full of images and you need them to be in a different format, this is a great way to do it. Rather than opening each image in Photoshop and then maybe flattening it and turning it into a JPEG, this does it for you. Basically, you you choose the folder of which you want to uh get the photos out of. You choose a destination folder of where it will put the the new f- file format and you hit run, it just kind of batch processes everything. And great thing about this one also, it has an area where you can add an action to that as well. So if you wanted to take a bunch of Photoshop files and flatten them into JPEGs and perhaps put a watermark on them, if you had a an action set up to watermark, then you could just throw that on the end and it would do the, all that for you. Just batch process, you hit one button and it goes through all the different files and does it for you. Definitely a great time saver. The last thing I want to talk about are plugins. And plugins can be extremely useful, but there is a cost to them. You're going to be paying anywhere from $20 to thousands of dollars, and it really just depends on what they're for and what they do. A lot of these things are really good. They're they're good time savers. It's really up to you to decide which one is going to work best for you because there's tons of them out there. This is the way for the smaller companies to make money off of the bigger, bigger companies' software. So, I mean, there is some garbage out there, but there are some very, very good ones out there as well. And they're available for pretty much any application that you use. With these, again, they just they can reduce steps that you usually take, make processes much faster. Sometimes they can get rid of workarounds that you have to do. And again, some might be good for you, some might not. You just kind of got to test the waters. And a lot of these ones, you, you usually can, can test it out for about a month or so and decide if it's something that's going to help you out, which is a good thing to do because, like I said, they're not cheap. Uh, one that I wanted to point out in particular, I just got an email about this and it just came out. It's actually a plugin that changes Express files all the way up to 6.5, Quark 6.5, into InDesign files. And this might be something that could help you out if if you're working in an office where people use both Quark and InDesign. Before, you you pretty much had to go through a, either a lot of steps to get that Quark file into InDesign, or you basically had to start over and just kind of scrape it out and, and copy and paste it into InDesign. So this could be a great time saver. It's just a good example that if this is something that happens at your job, well, this plugin might be valuable to you and the plugin is $200. So you want to make sure that it is something that you're going to use. But you know, if it's not, then definitely it's not for you. The last thing I wanted to touch on is actually exclusive to Apple users and that is the Automator. And this came out with the Tiger version of OS X. And if you haven't checked this out yet, I recommend that you do. It is a little confusing to use at first, but if you look up on the web, I'm sure you can find a tutorial or two that will help you get started. But this is kind of equivalent to the Photoshop actions. It's just a way for you to put several steps into one little package, which they call workflows. And with workflows, you can actually make it a contextual menu item, meaning that if you right click on a file, It'll be in the menu and you can actually run your workflow that way, or you can make a droplet. And a droplet is basically a miniature application to where you're taking your file that you want to process and you just drop it on top of that, and then it it executes the steps for you. So again, if you're on a Mac Automator, check it out. It's, It's a little harder to use but there's lots of actions out there, and there's workflows out there that you can download that other people have written, and a lot of them come in very handy. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. I thought with the uh, topic today, instead of doing a rookie mistake tip, I would actually go through a process of setting up an action and running that action in the script events manager. So this is going to be kind of like a step step by step tutorial and hopefully you'll be able to follow it. So the first step, we're going to open a new document in Photoshop. The second step, you're going to want to change your ruler units from inches or whatever they're in to percent. Next go to the Window menu and choose Actions, Menu, or use the icon at the bottom of the Actions palette. Basically, what you're trying to do here is set a new action. Now when you get the little dialog box, you want to name your action, and you can give it a key command if you wish. For this particular one, I named mine Center Guides, because what we're going to do is we're going to make it so that we hit this action, and it brings up a horizontal and a vertical guide, both which are centered in the document. For our next step, you're going to go to the View menu. Select New Guide, Vertical, and enter 50% and then hit OK. And we're going to do that again for the Horizontal, so View Menu, New Guide, Horizontal, 50% and click OK. Now click Stop in your Actions palette and your action is written. Next we're going to set this up in the Script Events Manager so that when we, when we open a new document, or when we create a new document rather, it will automatically put these two guides centered in our document. So, for the first step of this, we're going to go to the file menu, scripts, script events manager. And when that pops open, you want to check the checkbox that says enable events to run scripts/actions. And this basically just lets it happen. So, when you do when the event happens, it actually lets the Whichever you've choose, either the script will run or the action will run. For the Photoshop event, we're going to choose New Document, which means when we make a new document, this is going to run the action or the script. You want to click the radio button for action because we're going to be using this instead of script. Uh, You're going to use the default actions and you're gonna choose that Center Guides action that you just made in the previous steps. Next, you're going to click Add, and after this, you should see it in the top window. It's gonna tell you that when a new document is open, basically that it's gonna run your, your new action, which is called Center Guides. Now click Done, and close your original document that we opened. Create a new document, and voila, everything should be working now. Now just to point out a couple of things about the action, the reason we changed the rulers to percentage is because if we used inches and centered it in the document that we had, then if we make a different size document, obviously it's not going to be centered anymore. But when you're using percent in the rulers, it's 50%, so 50% of anything is 50%. So that's how that one works. Things are getting a
1: bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen.
0: Our website today is really a great place to go if you want to download actions or scripts or plugins, extensions, lots of other freebies. And it is called the Adobe Studio Exchange. And they have tons of stuff to download for all the Creative Suite applications as well as some of the video applications. Just a great site with a lot of content that will be very useful in really shoring up your workflow and making you go a lot faster. I spoke earlier of a tutorial video that I made, and to find this video, you're going to have to go on the forums. It's going to be in a folder called Members Only, and yes, you do have to be registered on the forums to see this folder and to get the link. So yes, this is my way of punishing people who aren't registered on the forums yet. And I'm hoping this will encourage you to do so because we've had some pretty good conversations on the forums. But again, just register on there, go to the members only folder, there'll be a link in there where you can download it. It might be a little big in size because I did try and make it, I made it 800 by 600. I wanted it to be big enough for every, everybody to be able to see everything on the uh, interface. And enjoy. It's just a few tips on Photoshop, different ways to speed up different processes, and hopefully it's useful to you. Another thing I wanted to bring up, one of our listeners, his name is Jason Milburn, has actually created his own podcast, and I recommend that you go check it out. It's called Creative Minds Unite, and you can find the website at creativemindsunite.com. And he actually included a nice little write-up on me. It shows a, a piece of my artwork, and he asked me a few questions, a little interview. And this is going to be one of the things that appears on his website. And it has a little area where you can actually send him a piece of your artwork, and perhaps you will be showcased on his website in the future. So check that out. You can also find that in the iTunes Music Store under Podcasts. Just search for Creative Minds Unite. As always, I can use Votes on Podcast Alley. You can always contact me. There's a link for my direct email on the website at rookiedesigner.com. You can also reach me from the MySpace page. And you can always reach me through the forums. And if you have some time, go ahead and put a pin in our Frapper map. The link is on rookiedesigner.com just takes a couple of minutes and lets everybody know where you are. Again, I thank you for listening. Any new listeners out there, I welcome you. But for those who have stuck with us for the long haul, thank you for subscribing and staying subscribed, and I'll talk to you next time. That one's
1: high. It's got the distance. It's Halloween! This one I'm on It's hard to lift your shoulders When the shoulder you need is gone When you upped and left me That was when I fell Hope you'll forgive me But when I hear you're doing well My heart says